Hello and welcome back. This is the Voice of Jesus Ministries. My name is Rick and we're doing an ongoing series called The Promise from Jesus and it's taken from the Gospel of John. The original title to that book was The Teachings of Jesus as Recorded by John and this is where we're taking our ongoing study from and so before we get started if you'd like to communicate with us you can do it with an email at thepromisefromjesus at gmail.com. So glad that you've come back, and if you're new, welcome. Really glad to have you. Uh, we are in chapter 3, and it's an ongoing verse-by-verse uh, verse, uh, study of uh, the teachings of Jesus. And, uh, and uh, I hope you're getting something out of this. Now, the last time we were together, we ended in chapter 3 and verse 21. So I'm going to start in 21, just to back up a little bit. And uh, maybe I'll start in verse 20, and then we'll go forward. Now, the rest of chapter 3, verses uh, 22 through 36, is uh, more uh, narrative. That means that uh, it is the uh, person that has compiled this uh, they're adding a narrative aspect of what occurred at this time, and you know what I'm talking about. So, starting in verse 20, recapping 20 and 21, it says this, Therefore, everyone who practices evil hates the light and refuses to come to the light, so that their deeds are not exposed. Boy, isn't that the truth, huh? Anybody that's... that's uh, uh, doing things they shouldn't be doing. They don't want to get in the light, do they? And verse 21, but those that come to the light practice the truth that their deeds are revealed as accomplished by God. So our practice of the truth, as we grow in the things of our Father of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, okay, as we grow in these things, it doesn't have anything to do with your accomplishments. The only thing it has to do with is your heart. That's right. It has to do with your heart and where is it and what is that connection? What connection do you have with your heart to Jesus? That's really what it has to do with you. But the rest of it is accomplished, as it says, verse 21, by our Father. Going on new today in verse 22. Then Jesus, with his disciples, came to the land of Judea. And there he continued and immersed them with these things. Now your version, whatever one you like, may say something different there instead of immersed okay it might say baptism it might say washed it might say uh, dunked I don't know okay but what I do know is what was meant was this that when he came to Judea Judea there he continued with his disciples and many that followed okay and he continued to immerse them in these things, in his teachings, okay? He was immersing them in those things, all right? He, he wasn't washing or, 
baptizing, but he was immersing the crowd, his disciples and the crowd, in the things of God. Verse 23. But John was washing in Aeon close to Salem because of the waters. And many appeared publicly there and were being washed. Now that's the difference between Jesus and John. John was practicing the ceremony of purification in Aeon, okay, uh, which was close to Salem because there was a lot of water there. And so he was practicing the ceremony of purification. Okay, remember John now, you know, John is this wild man, you know, that dressed in animal skins and eaten locusts and honey. And, and, you know, the Pharisees came and they questioned him and they interrogated him. And they just wanted, who are you? Why are you doing this? And, you know, in effect, uh, you know, John wasn't, uh, according to the standards of the Pharisees, Sadducees and whatever sees, hadn't been trained, taught or ordained in their ways and so he's out here doing something on his own you know but that difference between john and jesus is jesus is is immersing us in his teachings he's immersing us in the things he has to share with us john is practicing the ceremony of purification which is also what has been called water baptism and he's he's purifying people washing their sins away because that was the custom and practice of those days Verse 24, for John was not yet put into prison. Verse 25, then a controversial question arose among the disciples of John concerning the Judean purification or purifying ritual. And they came to John and said to him, Master, the one who was with you across the Jordan, whom you washed, behold, he bears witness, and all are going to him. Now I want to just pause there for a second. So the disciples of John who stayed with him, okay, even though some of his disciples that we're familiar with left and followed Jesus, those that stayed with John, you know, they, they went to him, and, and they, they there was a controversy about, you know, this whole Judean purifying ritual, you know, why are we continuing to do this when the Messiah is doing something completely different? You know, the one whom you washed, the one who came to you, the one you said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's doing something completely different than us. I mean, you know, hey, he is bearing witness. What was he bearing witness to? He was bearing witness to that. Remember what we learned uh, in, in chapter 3 about, about Jesus is only giving us what Father has given him. You know, he is revealing to us what Father said to reveal. He is teaching us what Father said to teach him. So here... His disciples are saying he's bearing witness of Father. And he is giving, you know, the disciples and the people things that, that you know, he's not practicing this ceremony of purification. And John's answer is really amazing. And by the way, 
these disciples also said, all of all are going to him. So I can see that in the beginning, before Jesus came to John, that there must have been a huge crowd with John. In fact, we know there was. There was a giant crowd because he was just doing something that was considered wrong and almost a mockery of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So it drew a big crowd. And, you know, these people didn't have their cell phones and tablets and televisions to draw them away. So, you know, they would attend to things like this because, you know, this was like, hey, this is happening. We got to go check this out. It's kind of like trending today, right? Mm. So not only is, is, you know, John drawing this gigantic crowd and the pharisaical church is there and the scribes and, and all of them are there at this huge gathering. Then Jesus comes and then Jesus leaves. And then it's kind of like, can you see the crowd following him because of what they heard, because of what they saw? They followed Jesus. And this is why his disciples said, and all are going to him. And I can see John's group diminishing down to just a few. And Jesus, his just growing and growing. And we knew that it grew pretty large, you know, 5,000, 7,000. Anyhow, this is John's response to his disciples. John answered and said, No, in no way can a person choose it must be entrusted to them from heaven. Wow, that is gigundous. This is what John says. He tells his disciples, no, in no way, in no way can a person choose. You don't get to make the choice. Father gets to make the choice. You don't choose Jesus Father chooses you. He draws you unto Jesus. And that's how it works. You know, you're not making a choice. This isn't up to you. You know, get your hands off the side of you and quit acting like some big shot. It doesn't, you're not making the choice. Father's making the choice. He's drawing you. He's, he's, he's massaging you into a place where you can start looking at Jesus and taking Jesus in. And you've got to make some decisions. Do you want to make him a part of your heart? Do you want to be a part of the family of God? Okay? You're not choosing this. You're deciding because Father's drawing you. That's pretty intense. And John also addresses the same thing. This is John 3, 27. You do some search on that. Drill down on that verse and really research it. You're, it's amazing. John says, no, in no way can a person choose. It must be entrusted to them from heaven. And I want to just pause there for a minute. It isn't just given. Okay? It is entrusted. And when something's entrusted to you, it is given to you for your protection, for you, wait, for you to protect, to keep, and to secure, okay? It's something that is, is, if I entrust something very precious to me, whatever that might be, you know, here, this is my pen. It's very special to me. I'm entrusting it to you, and I want you to keep it for me, I, and I'll be back in five years. I expect in five years when I come back that, that this pen is going to be just the exact same way it was the day that I entrusted it to you. 
You're going to take care of it. You're not going to just, oh, throw it over here and forget about it. No. You are going to, you're going to take care of it. You're going to protect it. You're going to keep it because you said you would. And that's why I entrusted it to you. You said yes, I entrusted it to you. That's pretty amazing. Drill down on that. I think you'll find it that it's very, very interesting. Verse 28. You yourself bore witness of me that I said, I am not the Messiah. This is John speaking. But that I was sent before that one. Capital O. Verse 29. Really good. Listen. The bridegroom has a bride and she is devoted to the bridegroom. She hears his voice and stands firm, rejoicing with joy. Now then, this is the bridegroom that fulfills my joy. This is John speaking. Now this is really some great scripture. This is verse 29, 329. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I really appreciate the fact that we are referred to this way. You know, we the body, the gathering, the believers, the children of God, we represent the bride. And the bridegroom is Jesus. Just listen to it again. The bridegroom has a bride, the children of God, the gathering. And she is devoted to the bridegroom. We are devoted to Jesus. She hears his voice and stands firm. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and another voice they do not hear and neither will they follow that other voice. Okay? Right here, the bride hears his voice and stands firm because we know that we know that we know. Rejoicing with joy. And that's the joy Jesus said that he would give us a joy that is so abundant that we would be just overflowing with joy. And you should be. You should have a joy in your life. And you know, how do you know if you have a joy in your life? You got a smile on your face. You are sharing joy. I mean, do you laugh? Are you enjoying life? Are you enjoying being with your brothers and sisters in Jesus? And do they make you happy? This is joy. You know, this is, this is just the excitement of being around the children of God. It's really a wonderful thing. You know, it fills you with, with uh, just a great joy. Let's move on. Verse 30. John says, He must increase and I decrease. For those of you that think that you are increasing to a level that is, uh, you know, something very special or very great, get over yourself, okay? Think about about our, our brother Paul, okay? When, you know, he had a, a thorn in his flesh, even though he had an abundance of revelation, you know, but that thorn was given to him to what? To buffet him, lest he exalt himself above measure. All right? And John is clearly just setting this forth. You know, Jesus must increase and I must decrease. Who's the greatest of all in the kingdom of heaven? 
what is that person here on earth? All right? He isn't something very special and standing up and being something special. He is a servant of all. Lock into that. Very good stuff coming from our brother John. Verse 31. He has come down from heaven and was filled from above. Everyone saw it that day. The day that Jesus washed him. It says the heavens, they rolled back like a scroll. And the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove and entered into Jesus, into the Messiah. He became now you know, the Holy Spirit within the earthen vessel called Jesus. What a concept. I mean, it's hard for everybody to understand. He has appeared above all things. He is over everyone of the earth. As children of God, we know that. We know that, that our Father, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they are over everyone. Okay? No one no one has any authority over Jesus, over the Holy Spirit, and over our Father. No one. They are over the entire earth, the entire universe, the entire existence. They are origin. Okay? Interesting concept. Verse 32. And... Ha and uh, let me back up because 32 is a continuation of 31. Uh, he is over everyone of the earth. Those being in agreement with the world proclaim according to the world. Right? Those being in agreement with the world, they proclaim according to the world. If you are following the things of the world, then what's coming out of you? The things of the world. I want to pause here for a second. You know, there's a lot of people who they really like to be caught up in the affairs of the world, in the political affairs, in the sports affairs, in uh, the financial affairs, in the business affairs. I mean, just go on and on and on, okay? All the things of the world, and they spend a lot of time in it, okay? And then all of a sudden, it just starts pouring out of them. Like, it, it's, it's just... It's the thing, you know, this is my thing. You know, let me tell you about uh, the, the capital and let me tell you about what's going on up there. And let me tell you about the president or let me tell you about the financial market and what's going on in the financial market. And it just takes over their lives. That's not the way it's supposed to be here, children. It's not supposed to be that way. We are not to be so involved in this world. We are involved in it because we live here. We're inside something that belongs to this world, an earthen vessel. But we, we do not allow the affairs of this world to dominate our lives. And, you know, does it not bother you when you get together with someone who you want to talk about the things of Jesus, but the only things that can come out in the conversation are things that they are just so wrapped up in in the world, like politics or like business or like the internet or like finances or like sports. And it's like, 
you know, that stuff's cool, but let's talk about Jesus. Sometimes you just feel a little frustrated. I do. I know I encounter it a lot. So, again, those being in, agree in agreement with the world, they proclaim according to the world and have seen and heard this testimony. Yet, no one accepts his testimony. And this is true. There are many people that are in agreement with the world. They have seen and heard this testimony that we are talking about today. This teaching that we're doing, the promise from Jesus, is a testimony of Jesus. This is a testimony of what he brought to us. And many people have heard this before. And many people have, have, have listened in, in a variety of ways. Okay? They have. But they don't accept his, capital H, Jesus. They don't accept his testimony. And that's too bad. And then, and then this is what John says in verse 33. I accept his testimony acknowledging that God is real. Wow. You know what? When you stop to think about what you're doing when you say, Jesus, come into my life, be a part of my life, you know, when you open your heart, do you realize that, you know, that's the very first thing that you're doing? You're doing what John just said right here, what he just said. He's acknowledging that God is real. You are acknowledging that God is real. You are acknowledging that Jesus is the Messiah. You are acknowledging that Jesus is, is the Savior, not just of your life, your city, but of the entire world. He is the Savior of the entire world. There are no other gods. Okay, there are no other gods. There is only one, one. All right, our Father, who is manifested as His Son, Jesus, who is manifested as the Holy Spirit, they are one, and there is only one, and I acknowledge that He is real. I hope you do too. And verse 34, For God has sent forth the one, capital O, who proclaims the declarations of God. There it is again. Jesus came to proclaim the declarations of God, of his Father. Now God entrusts the Holy Spirit by no measure, okay? Just like there's no measure in sin, when our Father entrusts His Holy Spirit to each one of us, it is not entrusted in this size, this size, or this size. There is no measure. The Holy Spirit is entrusted in one measure to each and every one that receives it. And how you receive it it's just so very, very simple. So very simple. It all starts by loving Jesus, acknowledging that Jesus is real, Father is real, the Holy Spirit is real. Asking him to come in and be a part of your life. Getting to know him, 
and allowing him to get to know you as you walk in his light, as he exposes you. I mean, you're on your back and your belly is exposed. He's exposing you and you're allowing it as you are being washed in the water. You are being produced in the water and the Holy Spirit as the accomplishments of our Father. Wow, that is amazing, isn't it? So here, John says, Now God entrusts the Holy Spirit by no measure. It comes, you know, it's like one shot fits all here. Verse 35, The Father loves His Son and has given His hand to Him. Now, you know, that's a very interesting concept. John says, that father loves his son and has given his hand to him. And what's being said there is it's 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 a it's his hand is his hand of authority. His when he says that he has given the son his hand from father, he is when Jesus said, If you have seen me, what? You have seen the Father. For we are one. So he has given Jesus, his son, his hand of authority because it is his hand. That hand is the same hand as Father's. Don't want to complicate it. Let's move on. Verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. This is John. There's your witness. This is John. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever disbelieves the Son will not see life. You're not going to see life. But the wrath of God will remain on him. Let me read verse 36 again because it's wonderful. It is also the last verse of chapter 3. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever disbelieves the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God will remain on him. Do we need to drill down on that? I don't think we do. Because if you are not walking in the light, if Jesus is not part of your life, you know, the wrath of God remains on a person that chooses willfully using the, their freedom of choice, their own personal will to say no, they end up in a place where the wrath of God remains on him. And it's all very simple to change. It's just something you have to respond to. If you ask, you will receive. If you knock, the door will be opened. All you have to do is come. And when you do come, come with a heart that is sincere, genuine, and honest. doesn't make any difference about anybody around you. It all has to do with what Jesus sees when you come to him. That's really all what it's about. And if you do come, it's because Father already knows 
what your intentions are. He knows and he will draw you to his son. You have to respond. So that'll conclude the chapter three, which is was a very big chapter. We'll be heading into chapter four, which is a great chapter as well. I mean, this is in chapter four, Jesus is going to be moving on in his journey and he's going to head off to uh, uh, Samaria uh, to a piece of land that Jacob gave to his son Joseph and that's where Jacob's well is and that's where Jesus is going to be going to he's going to sit down there send his disciples off to fetch some food or they're going to want to do that and, and a Samaritan woman is going to come and talk to him and it's uh, very powerful what happens at this well so you've got to come back and check it out it's good stuff you're going to really like it and I hope up to this point you've enjoyed uh, the teachings of, of Jesus called The Promise from Jesus. Uh, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit. I've hope, I hope you're really getting something out of this. Share it with your family, your friends, and your foes. Okay? And uh, please, if you have uh, any questions, thoughts, or concerns, send them in. Uh, they're great to get and we'll get a response to you whether you want it part of this or just privately we'll get it back to you so that's going to wrap it up for today i'm so glad that you joined us again jesus loves you each and every one of you make him a part of your life make him just as as it says right here verse 36 whoever believes in the son has eternal life Make him a part of your life. See what happens. So we'll see you next time. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.